0: On today's Hunt Harvest Health podcast, we meet up with Dan and Alicia Staten. Ryan and Dan first met a near decade ago in the backcountry of North Idaho and since then have forged a friendship based on the hunting and archery lifestyle. Many of you hunters out there may know Dan from Elk Shape and companies like Mountain Ops, Hoyt, and Sitka, just to name a few. Dan and Alicia own CrossFit Spokane and, least to say, are seriously intimidating and motivating athletes. It's fun getting to know couples who, just like us, have a passion for food, fitness, and family. Their newest addition even makes an appearance here, because real life can't be scripted. And as they put it, family is life's greatest blessing. Thanks a lot, Dan and Alicia. It was great getting to know you.
1: Howdy, folks. Welcome back to the hunt harvest health podcast today hill and i are super lucky and excited to have a chance to talk to dan and alicia Staten. dan is a super accomplished backcountry elk hunter who i've got a ton of respect for i met dan in the woods of north idaho years and years ago i'm not sure how many years ago it was but it was a while back and uh quickly became a fan as uh, this guy consistently harvests critters in what i feel is one of the most difficult areas to do so country of North Idaho. So I have not yet had the opportunity to meet his wife, Alicia. So I'm definitely looking forward to uh, this conversation and getting to know her a little bit. So with that, Dan, Alicia, how are you guys doing?
2: We're doing good. Doing
1: good. Awesome. Hey, um, I guess to start this off, why don't you guys just tell us a little bit about yourselves, if you could. Ladies first.
2: Uh well my name is Alicia and I'm obviously Dan's wife um oh I don't even know where to begin um Dan and I have been married for seven and a half years we've got a couple of kids together now and uh, been uh, Dan's been hunting hardcore since we met so I kind of knew what I was getting into in the marriage department um. We uh, live in Spokane Valley, and we own and operate a CrossFit gym. Um, I'm also a nurse uh, at a local hospital here, and uh, and I love working out. Man, that's my passion. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Perfect.
3: Well, she just said we've been together, and uh, we have a beautiful family. We love living in the Northwest. Uh, We love all four seasons. Currently, it's really cold, and uh, we're getting ramped up for um, a new year and the prospect of new members at our CrossFit gym. Alicia's a coach there as well as being a nurse, I thought I would add. And, yeah, we just uh, operate an awesome CrossFit community, and we have a passion for the outdoors and um, living a healthy lifestyle and raising our kids that way. So we're excited to talk to you guys. We're very like-minded.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I know you've done a lot in, uh, in the outdoor industry, Dan. Um, maybe give us a little bit of a brief summary as far as what you've done. Um, I know you, you're elk shape. Everybody knows you by elk shape. Um, I know you're a writer. Uh, you've done a ton of writing. I've, I've read a ton of stuff by you. Um, but uh, maybe go into a little bit of that. Like What, what have you done?
3: Um, well, my, my day job is a fitness coach. Like I, I, that's what I do, but, uh, I love hunting and, uh, writing and, uh, the spoken word. So my background is writing. Um, I wrote a book called, uh, train to hunt. This was before Kenton Claremont and I started train to hunt. I kind of just wrote my roadmap to get in shape for hunting. And, um, from that name, Kenton had the idea to, to maybe turn it into what it is now, which is Train to Hunt. So I co founded Train to Hunt in uh, 2010 with Kenton. And uh, we separated a couple years later where he took over that and I took over the gym that we started. And so he focused on Train to Hunt. I focused on CrossFit Spokane Valley. Uh, but along the way, I've always written for Bowhunter Magazine. I've done some fitness pieces for Bowhunter Magazine TV and Sportsman's Warehouse. They have a, a TV show, Sportsman's News. I've done that as far as videography, as well as been a hunter on there. but. And I've, uh, what else have I done? I've done actually even done video editing for um, uh, Jim Burnworth, his hunting show. I'm trying to think what the name Extreme of it is.
2: Outdoors. Uh, uh, Extreme Outdoors? Western
3: Extreme, yeah. I've done the hunting, uh, editing side of things where you take in and video edit. I just mainly focus on my YouTube channel, Elk Shape, and providing good fresh content for that. Uh, taking a backseat to writing and just, just kind of focus on more digital platform stuff, kind of what you have to do this day and age. And uh, doing stuff like this,
1: this is what is fun for us. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah, for you know? sure. Yeah, I think we all kind of uh, – I was super pumped about, you know, getting you two on here. I don't think are like the ultimate power couple um, <laughs> as, far, as far as fitness and overall nutrition.
0: The first time I ever saw Alicia, you were doing walking handstands on Instagram. And you were like ready to pop with your first baby. And I I've had two children as well. And I unfortunately am like in the hospital getting IVs for most of it. And so Ryan's like, check out this chick, look at what she can do. And I'm just like, I already hate her. I just wanna like <laughs> and um no, but it was I, I always remember that. I was like, that is amazing. I wow. mean, I could barely even, you know, walk out to my car, much less do a walking <laughs> handstand. So I was I was always very impressed with that.
1: Yeah, I think I've pointed out a few times. Um, I've seen her doing. I think there was a point where I saw you doing backflips, and you were uh, you were pretty pregnant when you were doing those backflips on a on a trampoline or something. And
2: <laughs> I was like, no, I can't do a back. Okay, I can't on a trampoline. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I think pregnancy is just really different and. Uh- I mean, if you feel
1: good, then why not? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I love. Yeah. I love pointing it out to my wife. It's just fun. Well, that's
0: down. why we only have two children instead of like eight. Like my daughter wants us to have because um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be living still if I had to have eight children. with how sick I, I. Same boat.
2: Same boat. Yeah. I so, no more. We're good. So, who's
1: the better athlete of you two? I gotta ask.
2: Go ahead, Tom.
3: I don't know. I think I'll answer this. I paid to go to college because I was not on a scholarship for athletics. Alicia Mm -hmm. paid for her college because she, for athletics, because she was on a scholarship. So collegiate athlete, uh, high school varsity athlete. There you go.
1: go. There you go. That answers that question, right? Kind of why I really was excited about getting you guys on is uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about just just kind of a healthy lifestyle. Um really curious about what you guys do uh in the way of kind of your just daily routines, you know, what you guys do with food. Um I know Dan, obviously you're a big hunter. Um you like processing your own meat, I believe. I think I've seen that. Um, you know, just kind of some little uh little hacks and tips on on what guys can do to uh to get a little more out of their food and, and what you guys do as a couple. Sure.
3: Dan, you wanna? Well, yeah. Couples can sabotage themselves if they're not on the same page. Um, I think a lot of couples will uh, take on each other's bad habits or conversely (laughs) take on each other's good habits. So um, when I met Alicia, she was a phenomenal cook and uh, I was not, but I was really disciplined about making food for the week. And so we kind of combined forces there to where, She made the food taste way better and we made way more food than we needed for a day. So we had food readily available for the week because our schedules are so busy like everybody else. So that's one hack is food prep on Sundays, get some good music this time of year, some Christmas music and make some of the stuff that's a pain in the butt. And for us, it's usually like carbohydrates. And I don't want to get too detailed, but uh, for us making carbohydrates in bulk, uh, clean carbs is the most time consuming. So we do that on Sundays. That's our son in the background. Uh we you know we you bake your spaghetti squash, your butternut squash. Now ours isn't Lamper's homegrown like you guys. Make your yams and um make maybe one really big salad that's gonna last you for the week. Uh it obviously it's a pretty big salad. You know, we just do some of the time consuming uh backfilling our carbs with clean carbs and that takes preparation. If we didn't do that, it would be very time consuming during the week. It would be more opt to consume crappier carbohydrate sources. So just kind of those vegetable starchy carbs that are, take a little more time to prepare. So plan preparing meals. What else?
2: Um, yeah. And since we've had kids, um, things have changed a little bit, but not drastically. Um, it's just, it is more about uh, planning ahead. And fortunately I'm able to be at home quite a bit. So um, in the morning, you know, we'll take meat out of the freezer um, for dinner that night if we didn't, you know, cook something up meat-wise at the beginning of the week. Um, we do, uh, one thing I want to add in as far as like our daily routine yeah. goes, so um, we are not like big three squares kind of people. We kind of eat when we're hungry, and um, a lot of, uh, well, um uh, works with Mountain Ops, and so... We do a lot of shakes, and uh, in the shakes we use organic blueberries, spinach, um, oatmeal sometimes, and we'll throw in some healthy sort of fat like uh, almonds or cashews or walnuts and uh, scoop away protein and then some almond milk. And that, <clears throat> that usually is um, – we each have one of those a day, and it's just quick and easy. Sometimes for breakfast or after a workout we'll um, have one of those. So that's kind of been a huge part of what Dan and I have uh, done over the years. So incorporating the the shakes, I think you get a lot of nutrients in the small serving. Yeah, you forgot
3: to talk about huckleberries from North Idaho. You throw those in there and then um, it's about a cup and a half to two cups of spinach. We're basically drinking without – for me, I'm not like the biggest or the greatest vegetable consumer. So if I can drink two cups of spinach, that's awesome. And Or kale or whatever you can you know whatever your flavor is, but yeah, a smoothie a day keeps the doctor away
2: also I think having like lots of um food on hand that you can just easily grab we so having and then like our meal preps, so when you are hungry, you just you know you have the preset Tupperwares ready to go, and you can just um heat that up and or eat it cold, which is usually what we do, <laughs> um but food prep is huge, and uh and then our smoothies and uh, we eat a lot of oatmeal and eggs for breakfast.
1: I saw that you, you, you procure your own meat, right, Dan? I, I'm pretty sure that you cut everything up yourself. You do everything yourself. Um, kind of yeah. a do-it-yourself yeah. guy for that. You don't drop it off to a, to a butcher somewhere. Um, now, did I see that you, you are not adding any fat? to your meat when you're grinding up burger. And I, I do my own meat as well. Um, every, every single aspect of it, I love. Um, but what, what's your process and what, what's the thought process behind not adding any, any fat at all to, uh, to the meat that you do?
3: Yeah. So, uh, the backstory to elk hunting was, I first started elk hunting cause they bugled and it was awesome adventure. It really wasn't about the meat. And I, it's not fun to say that, but it's just, it wasn't. It was about the hunt and the adventure. But th- I think since I've met you, since we've, at some point, something changed where it was more about the meat and it's less about anything else, but getting an elk on the ground. Because at some point, we're just like, hey, we don't have any elk meat. What the heck? You got to get an elk. We we live off that elk. so. Um, so I don't expect everyone to come to that point, but for us, it is important. It is a staple in our house. Um, at some point we realized that if you took it to a butcher, you didn't really know what you were getting. And at some point you just got to go out on the limb and try it yourself. And this day and age, this digital platform, you can find resources to do it on your own. But we learned the the hard way and uh, we bought the grinder. We, we started doing ourselves and we sucked. And we're still getting better. It's still evolving, but a couple things that we'll say that we've learned for for elk is we like our elk to hang for a week at forty to forty-four degrees. Um, We I usually debone elk because we kill them in horrible places. If I could, I would leave them on the bone, but it just usually doesn't work out that way. So the bigger the chunk, the better. Cut them up into small. You lose more meat. So we want to procure as much meat as possible or salvage as much. So So the idea Um, behind
1: leaving it out for um, about a week in that temperature is basically the bacteria starts breaking it down and and you get a little bit more tender meat in the long run, right?
3: Yeah, we get the blood to drip all the I get all the blood dripped out for the most part. It's a natural process. And it took us a while to figure that out. Um, Because one year, we let an elk hang for, I don't know, a week. And it was an old bull. And we were remarking to ourselves, this is some of the best meat we've had. What, this is better than the spike you killed the year before. So um, as far as not adding fat, we have added fat before. We have purchased uh, pork fat, and uh, we've, we've you know got it pretty cold and mixed it in there because colder, colder fat blends well with, obviously, when you're grinding meat. If you did, you know, most people know that. And, uh, but at some point along the line, we just stopped adding fat, and we felt like the texture was fine. And it made the patties, and it made the taco meat. It made whatever we wanted. And
1: Getting that that meat to uh, to patty, like it's not just sticking to the pan when you're adding it in. Are you just adding like a lot of oil to the pan? We end up cooking this up.
2: We use coconut oil. We use a lot of coconut oil um, and a lot of olive oil. So, like if I'm doing a roast, um, and we'll do that in like the crock pot, I put I pour on the olive oil for roast especially because they're super dry. Otherwise, um, and then the ground meat, I usually do like coconut oil. So, I mean, we are adding fat, it's just a different, it's not animal fat. And the
3: Hillary, it's like the mid chain fatty acids that you get from coconut oil, the MCTs and stuff like that's good. I, I'd rather have that fat source than pork. Um, if I could get if we live closer, I would have you teach me how to render more bear fat. I just haven't killed a lot of summer bears, and that's the kind I want to eat, wow, but I just yeah, I, I would want, I'd be interested in doing that, but that's kind of how we roll and it's worked out real well.
1: Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. I was curious about that. Cause I've always, you know, I've always added, um, you know, a little bit of fat, just, you know, it's not, a, it's not a lot, but maybe 10%. Um, but there again, you, when you kind of do it that way and you're super conscious of what you're putting into your food, you got to be careful with what, you know, fat you're using. Um, you want to know where that came from as well. Cause you know, 10% of, of a fat that's got a bunch of hormones or nitrates in it is something you don't want to do. Um, I know I add a little bit of what I call a clean fat. It's, it is bacon, but it's, it's uncured, um, you know, hormone free nitrite free. So, um, I, I do it that way. I just don't add a lot, but it just seems to be enough to keep it from. Sticking. He actually
0: this year made uh, his own summer sausage. So we usually take it to the butcher and they do it. And we have to buy the spices because they they were like, "What you don't want MSG? What's that? What are you talking about?" So we had to buy our spices. <laughs> yeah, it's Take a real them to trick. the butcher and and but Ryan well, see, I always, actually. I always made it. try
1: to get like a little bit of summer sausage made, and I've always I've always had other people do it, and um, yeah, like she said, it's. You kind of have to give them uh, the ingredients, um, otherwise they'll use theirs. And I have yet to to meet a butcher that is going to use something without MSG in it. Um, so you can do it that way. But now um, I've just come to the conclusion I'm just going to do it myself. So you know, it's really easy to make summer sausage um, that's uh, got a super good flavor without adding any nitrates. It's
0: actually way better than the butcher makes. I think.
1: Yeah, I uh, it's just one of those things I enjoy doing. Yeah, I think.
2: So it's kind of just like what you get used to too, because I mean, we've been doing this now for so long that we wouldn't really, I wouldn't know the difference. I don't know. I just, it tastes good. Like if we've never really added a lot of fat to it or added any fat to it. So, I mean, we would probably be like, oh, this is bomb if we did.
0: <laughs> well, you know how most people eat beef, right? I mean, what's it like when you eat beef? You're like, oh my gosh, this is so good! It's like so fatty, right? Because we just don't eat we don't eat any know. beef, and so we yeah, are uh, used, we're we're used to lean game. Even if we have some fat in it, it's still really, really yeah. lean compared to right. like a piece of um, eating like a pork chop or eating like beef. And so we yeah. get used to it. We don't really notice it until we eat some beef, and then we're like, wow, this is fatty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah.
2: Yeah, oh. we'll have a big. Big cheeseburger.
0: It's like, oh, man. Homemade beef burger. Well, Ryan makes sous vide meat. He makes for my daughter's lunch. She makes her own lunch meat. She's like, Mom, why can't we just have roast beef like normal people? Why can't we just buy some roast beef? (laughs) And I bought her roast beef before. I I bought her some last week because we didn't sous vide. And it's disgusting. I'm like, ugh, you can't even eat that stuff. So... (laughs) Well,
1: I've got this, this crazy slicer and it just makes it perfect. So when you sous vide, um, I don't know. Have you guys ever cooked that way? Have you ever tried a sous vide? No. No. All right. So kind of the principle behind that is, um, what I'll do is I'll, you know, put it in if you want to marinate or you want some spices on it, you know, just take a, you know, any piece of meat, (laughs) take a hunk of backstrap or whatever, and, uh, and just put some spices, whatever you want in there, maybe a little coconut oil, um, vacuum packet or just get it in a in a in a bag that can seal. Put it on the stove. I just let it, you know, cook at 140 degrees and I let it cook for about 5-6 hours. And what that does is uh, you know, just kind of cooks it through and then I'll take it off and I'll take a little a little torch and just crisp in the outside. And, uh, man, it just, you know, I, I like it where it's just a little pink in the middle and it's just got a real good crust to the outside and I'll take that and run it through the slicer. And I mean, I haven't had much roast beef, but it seems like that's what it would taste like. It's just, it's just awesome. Um, it makes these nice, perfect thin strips for, for sandwiches. So
2: that's a really good idea too, for like lunch meat kind of stuff. Yes.
1: Okay, Dan. Um, so Obviously, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, food intake, this and that. Um, what I want to get out of you is uh, first off, how was your hunting season this year? Um, that's that's first on my mind. I want to hear how your hunting season went.
3: Okay. Yeah. Not that good at first. Um, bear season was rough for me this year. We I started enrolling in some firefighting classes, I was getting my EMT and looking to get my firefighter one certification. I was working towards being a firefighter, uh, in addition to owning the gym. And so I didn't, I didn't spring bear hunt this year, but just a couple of days. That's, that was rough. So, um, I usually hunt for a couple weeks for spring bear, pretty hard. We love hunting bears around here in North Idaho. So I felt pretty rusty going into the season. My first hunt was actually meeting up with you in uh, Nevada and it was really cool i've never been to that unit it was completely backcountry um pretty legit as far as getting with people and testing and i only had a i think i had five total days um and it was just like a lot of hunts uh, they tested me I, that one was a test full hunt i mean i just ran into some things i didn't count on um for example there was like two thousand moo cows at ten thousand feet that i didn't expect and uh it was crazy. It was a cool hunt though. Um, bottom line is I missed a buck on my last day at like what I felt like was a chip shot, about 40 yard shot. Um, somehow, you know, in those backcountry hunts, you don't have a target to shoot into every night. And uh, I bumped my bow or something because I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. I missed that buck and I hiked straight off the mountain down to my truck and just shot for an hour and that bow was jacked up. So I had to grab my backup bow and then I'd already dropped. 2000 feet and gone four miles back to the truck. And so I hunted lower country. And, um, then I had to hit the road. It was a long drive. I missed my family and my wife had just had our second baby. So it it started out really rough, but, uh, it ended, it ended a lot better. I got to spend some time in Utah and Idaho and Arizona ended up getting three bulls, three elk and, uh, my first mountain goat once in a lifetime tag and uh, a few deer here in Washington. And, uh, we're done. We're done for the year. And our our freezer's full. So it worked it ended well, but it didn't start well. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good season, uh, three elk, I mean. That's that's phenomenal on its own and uh and I hadn't really talked to you about that that mountain goat hunt. Um like you said that's like a once in a lifetime deal. That's something I've always I've I've been waiting for that tag for years and years and years and who knows if I'll ever draw it, but uh but man, you you succeed in draw and drew that thing. So man, congrats there. So how, how did that hunt go for you?
3: It was epic. Uh, it was in Utah. I made a video on it, but it's, uh, one of those hunts where it's any weapon and it starts off with, uh, I think there's 18 or 19 tag holders in a very small area and the goats are concentrated. And, uh, we got there a day early to scout, I brought my nephew. And, um, we were like elbowing our way through public land And people had parties of six to eight people with them because they drew this tag that took 20 years. And uh, it got it dawned on me right then and there that we were going to have to find a goat that was really hard to get to out of rifle range and be there at first light. And sure enough, we were able to find some some mountain goats that were tucked in hard to get to. And we were the first ones on them in the morning. And I'm pretty sure I'm not 100 percent sure, but we were the only bow hunters out of 18. That got it done with a bow. We were committed to the bow. I didn't bring a rifle. I got nothing against rifle hunters. It's just my personal preference is archery. I'm um, actually probably better at archery than I am with a gun. I'm horrible <laughs> shot with a gun. And so we got it done. I had to wear a Hunter Orange because it was a general any weapon hunt. And um, getting him out was absolutely horrible. He did everything people told me. He Once I made my fatal shot, he leaped off a cliff and died in the bottom. He didn't break any horns, but. He just tacked on an extra five hundred vertical feet and uh it took us half a day to get him out, but uh what a hunt. It was uh it's all on video and uh was with my nephew and it's just a memory of a lifetime. It was awesome. I encourage everyone to apply for that hunt.
1: Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um yeah, that hunter orange thing that just doesn't quite feel right, does it? I've I've done late season hunts, archery, and you have to wear that hunter orange on those rifle hunts. That's just it just doesn't feel right when you're bow hunting. It's brutal but uh well cool um so uh, alicia i've seen you well i don't know if you're hunting now i know you know you guys have a family now but are you able to get out on any hunts these days or um i know you used to hunt quite a bit um
2: yeah i uh since we've had children the game's changed quite a bit um just for me to get like a, an hour workout in a day is a feat in and of itself. So, um, I haven't hunted since, uh, we've had kids. Um, but prior to that, you know, I'm a, I'm a whitetail fan. Like nothing gets my heart pounding more than going out and uh, seeing a big buck while I'm sitting in my tree stand and just trying to be as silent as possible because they're so spooky. Um, I really enjoy doing that. So hopefully these kids get a little bit bigger and, uh, uh, be able to get out and, and get back to that. Cause that's something that I really enjoy. Doing.
0: Yeah. Can I ask, can I ask you, uh, you know, being a female and I, I know hunting nowadays is, is much more popular in females. Um, I grew up in Montana, uh, Colorado and Montana, and I, I didn't grow up hunting. And so I'm, I'm always intrigued at kind of the woman's story of how you got into hunting. Cause I don't, I don't think it's as typical as a males. Can you share that
1: a little bit?
2: Yeah. Um I grew up in Spokane and uh, was not really exposed to a whole lot of hunting. My I call her my redneck aunt because <laughs> she um always lived kind of out in the in the boonies and and uh, was into hunting like but I didn't really I mean I wasn't really exposed to the culture, I guess. Um but she would take me out every once in a while um go deer hunting like at a local mountain area that we have here in Spokane. And, um, and what I thought hunting was, was just riding around in a pickup truck while my aunt and uncle smoked cigarettes. And, and I sat in the middle of them and held, held a gun, you know, like out the window. So I didn't really know what hunting was. Um, yeah. um, so, so I actually, I, I shot my first grouse when I was um, 10 years old in the middle of a truck. I don't know if I should even say that, but I was like in the middle seat. Um, but it was so cool. Like I just, and I got to eat that grouse for dinner that night. My mom cooked it up for me. And, and so, um, that was kind of like my only exposure to hunting until I met Dan. And, um, so obviously many years later, um, and I just knew that, um, really Dan was just gone all the time. And I was like, okay, I'm dating this guy. And like, he's never really around. And I guess I'll just keep hanging out with my friends and (laughs) whatever. Um, and then I kind of like, as just being around him, learned more and more and more about hunting. And, um, he's like, well, let's get you a bow. And so I started shooting and, and just kind of my competitive nature, I guess I thought it would be, um, I don't know, just, I love being outside. And, um, so he was always super encouraging of me to go do that. And, um, once I, saw my first buck in a tree stand, I was pretty much sold on it. Now, I'm not going to try try not to talk your ear off too much, but um, he did take me on an elk hunt. Um, we had permission to hunt uh, a ranch, and I had um, permission to shoot a cow elk, and the first elk that we came across was, um, was a pretty nice bull. I don't remember how big it was or anything. I'm Anyways, long story short, basically Dan's like, Oh dude, that's so cool, you know, like you saw a bull elk right away and I'm like, Oh yeah, I was that was all right. You know, he's like, Okay, you're not into elk hunting. So <laughs> <laughs> I just have the same sort of like passion for that as I as I do for, for Whitetail. So so I hunt a little bit, but nothing, you know, too extreme. Um I just really like being outside and having the opportunity to to just have it quiet like that's probably the best part of the hunt
0: just the yeah, quiet you know kids change everything too because uh before we had kids we were avid backcountry and downhill skiers you know we traveled around doing backcountry skiing and uh Ronde, and we'd go to whistler a couple times a year and we were just and then i had a baby in january which means your ski season's trashed and then um I think I've skied twice with her last year, crying know. I down the Alicia little. she <laughs>
1: might have been skiing in like. December. Yeah,
0: I don't want to hear that either. <laughs> you mean when she's pregnant? Yeah. Like skiing <laughs> on her hands down the mountain. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, wait, okay, no, but you know, I haven't. I loved skiing so much, and I haven't skied in almost eight years. You know, it's like kids just they they change so much for the female now. Ryan would beg to differ that the men really suffer when children come around, but I, I might not totally agree with that because it seems that every year since my daughter's been born, Ryan takes more and more hunts. So I'm not quite well, sure how that defeat, works.
1: So,
0: you know. Amen, sister. <laughs> I know. It's like, I, I need barely... to go on another hunting trip. Just... Oh, really? <laughs> Like I need to get out of the house and, you know, like take a shower by myself like once a week. <laughs> I'd be happy with that. So It's a totally different thing when you have hobbies and then you have kids. So I I'm want, not – I am want not... my
1: girls to grow up big and strong and they just – they need that little extra bit of protein every year. So it's one more animal, two more yeah, animals. Yeah,
0: it sounds like you guys have the same problem we have. You have a deficiency of protein. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. All right, we'll go. We'll go skiing while these guys watch
0: the kids. How about that? That's awesome. I, you know, now I'm now I'm in my forties though, and so Ryan and I are like, should we go skiing? And they're like, damn, we got a mortgage to pay. We might break something. Like I don't know, <laughs> I might like snap a knee doing nothing. You know, nowadays, so it's. Well, it's I worry about things. it knocking
1: me out for the following hunting season. That's my biggest worry. I don't want a knee injury. I've been super lucky, so um, yeah, no injuries yet. Knock on wood, but nothing, Good.
2: nothing crazy anyway. yeah you you and dan man you're two peas in a pod holy
3: crap well if you hurt your shoulder you can't like i'm so cautiously enough to archery season because of shoulders and knees yeah and it i hate to say but i run a filter through archery as far as is what i'm doing is the risks outweigh the benefits for me getting hurt and not be able to archery hunt Mm -hmm. and i don't know if i could miss a season of elk hunting i don't know I don't know how I'll I would tell you, Ryan. So.
0: Okay. Ryan missed. Um, let's see. My second baby was a surprise. She was the, oh, you're not stressed. You're pregnant, baby. We were like, what? So I, I was pregnant in uh, September. <clears throat> I found out I was pregnant in August. And you know, again, I'm like very ill. So for almost three to four weeks, I could not barely get out of bed. Ryan had to drive me to work. Like I would throw up if I saw virtual diapers, was- that kind of thing. So he yep. missed September because he couldn't leave the house because I literally could barely feed myself, much less take care of an older daughter. And I'm telling you what, you, who is the one that's throwing up 20 times a day and almost dead? Who do you think is throwing a bigger temper tantrum? Because it is September and he oh. doesn't get to go elk hunting. It's just <laughs> insane. It's like, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. So, yeah, he's missed one elk season in a long, long time. And that was for good reason. But um, he pretty much warned me that'll never happen again. So, yeah.
1: yeah that, was, <laughs> that was brutal. I was like somebody pooped in my picnic
0: october came and around I, and i was I like i couldn't
1: get that snarl off my face just not being out there so i knew you know what i had to do i stepped up but
0: yeah october came around and i through. said please leave go somewhere and kill something yeah. please get out of here I and he just down. ran about as fast as he could to get out of here
1: i did double down in october and november so um <laughs> we got those animals, but that was that was rough um but yeah like you were saying dan i've i remember a story i don't remember how many years ago this was but i won't i crawled up on a we had a light bulb go out on the front porch got up on a chair this is probably in august i think it had to be in august and uh stood up on this and one of the legs blew out of this chair and i landed right on my wrist so first i thought i broke it oh i
0: forgot about
1: that and uh it just tweaked my wrist, wall up, and the first thing that goes through my mind is, "Oh my God, I'm weeks away from you know archery elk," and uh, luckily that thing healed, but I was so close to snapping it, and that that was that that weighed heavy on me. I was I was preparing for the worst, but uh, I, so I won't even change a light bulb in the sun anymore. <laughs> That's my job. Anything after like January, February, it's it's up. He ahead. knows so I have I no
0: hobbies anymore. You go hurt yourself because I am not it. Getting up doing on a it.
1: ladder, I'm not cleaning the gutters. <laughs> That's Phil's job at this point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome, <laughs> totally awesome. Okay, well, um, on that note, let's let's ask them our questions that we ask everybody at the end of our podcast because sure. this will probably well, take see, a little time. I'd kind of like
1: to ask Alicia what what do you feel is uh, Dan's biggest strength? Like what's, what's his superpower?
2: His superpower, no question is his passion. He has the things that he does. He's a hundred percent passionate about and pursues them with full force and vigor. And, And that's really like what made me fall in love with him was like his ability to just set goals and, and, go towards them with full force and, and, um, and achieve those things. And like, I think the reason his business has become successful and the reason that he's successful in his hunts is because he has that passion, that driving force behind him to, um, just make it happen, you know? And, and, uh, yeah, definitely. yeah, I could.
1: Definitely see that. I mean anybody who's followed Dan, um, you know, watched his videos, you know, seen what he does, can see there's he's got a lot of passion and, and drive and definitely uh goes all out on everything. Um and so Dan, same question to you. What what's Alicia's superpower?
3: Well, um oh <laughs> put so the many. Spot. Yeah, so for kids I would say my wife's just kind of the kind of a badass. And I still believe that, but, like, there's something about her. She's, like, a tomboy, and I it caught my eye immediately. She was just so intense and athletic and outgoing and just one of the boys. But not to be sappy, but as soon as she became a mother, I saw, like, her true calling in life, and it's to be a mom. She's got a heart of gold for these kids. She's She woke up seven times last night with this youngster right here and didn't even complain about it. Seven times. If I got woken up once, I would be so disgruntled the next day. So she's got a huge passion for kids. And the, her greatest gift from God is the, mother, is the mother. She's the greatest mother I've ever seen. And uh, that's something special. So that's her huge biggest strength.
1: All right. So I'm not going to make you guys like, you know, I don't want to know what Alicia thinks Dan's weaknesses are. That might get a little weird, but um, <laughs> Alicia, what what would be your weakness? Um, what do you feel would be your your weakness if you had to pick one?
2: Oh, yeah, it's tough in life in general, huh? <laughs> Patience. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard to say. <laughs> yeah, I I probably I think as I get older, I I am more patient, but uh, I'm just impatient. Um, it's waiting, sucks. Dan's really helped me with that. He's the exact opposite. That's probably why I married him because you know, hunters are like the most patient people on the earth. (laughs) 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 Um, yeah, I bet Hillary
3: would say the same thing about Ryan being patient. I mean, it's (laughs) just
1: what you have. I was just gonna say, yeah, that's probably exactly what if I had to pick her weakness, I would probably say patience too. Well, I think it comes back
0: to being a mom again, you know, you have so many balls, you're juggling literally 24 hours a day. I mean, getting woken up seven times a night, and you're doing that months on end, plus you're working, plus you're exercising, plus you're food prepping, plus you're like trying to have some relationship with your husband and other people in your life. It's, it's nerve wracking. And you kind of you get you have days. You just want your life to get on with it. Can these kids just freaking grow up? Can I just have my life back? You know, you have all these thoughts sometimes. And if you're like me, she sounds like she's educated, right? You have goals in your life too. And um, that doesn't take anything away from your children. But again, these are all balls that we have to juggle, you know, when we have a lot of um, energy in our life and and things. You know, life actually is really short if you think about it. I don't know how we got to be. I mean, Ryan and I met when we were 21, and we're 44. Like, how did that happen? Right. Yeah. It happened yeah. really quick. So yeah. that patience is, I think, uh, for me, I agree with you there. It's it's hard.
2: Well, and how many years were you guys together before you had children, too?
0: We were we were married. We were together two years before marriage, and 11 years married before we had kids.
2: Oh, okay, yeah. so that's even yeah. more difficult because Dan and I were married for five years before we had kids and we got, I mean, we feel like we were really spoiled
0: with that because
2: we got to go do whatever we wanted to do. And
0: well, don't, don't take it wrong though. Ryan was gone to Alaska or Russia for seven of those first, the first seven years he was gone five months out of the year. I had a job where I traveled and then I went to meds. I went to school in med school. So I was in school full time for almost nine years. So okay. we really, we were never attached at the hip. We, we actually kind of had a relationship. It was like, I call it the honeymoon relationship for seven years. He would leave at the end of May, the beginning of June. And he would he would literally call me in like October. Cause I hadn't talked to him on a phone for four <laughs> or five months. And he would call me from Anchorage and say, hey, babe, I'm going to be home in five hours. And I hadn't talked to him in almost four months. And so that's how our relationship – then he would come home and it would be great, like honeymoon for like a month. And then it would be like, are you freaking kidding me? Because I'm like (laughs) basically a single married woman. Don't tell me what to do because I spend half a year by myself, right? And then he would, and then it would be just time for him to leave again. And then you go into this fairy tale saying, "Oh, I miss my husband." Yeah, so turkey
1: season—that's that's perfect oh, time for. A, we're not uh, even nice going to get night. into
0: hunting stories after mm-hmm. coming home from being gone for five months. We won't even have that discussion right now. But um, <laughs> but yeah, we had a marriage that was like we had things we wanted to do with our lives separate from each other, and so we were totally supportive of each other. And he did what he loved to do. He supported, and then he did what he didn't love to do, which was support me through medical school. But he did it with a
1: smile on my face, (laughs) of course.
0: Smile (laughs) on his face, and then I don't blame him because it sucked. It really was hard for a lot of years. So then we realized we were getting older, we needed to have children, and 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 we did it, and we were so blessed, and we've had two. We were only going to have one, and sure enough, you know, um my eggs weren't as old as I thought they were. Bam, we got an awesome <laughs> little another awesome little one. And um it's been it's been hard, though. You know, it's like we've had a lot of years together. We've had almost like three lifetimes together because we had a life together before and then we had life with school and now we have life with kids. And um someday we'll have life without kids again. And I'm pretty sure I know where Ryan's going to be, so I'm making sure to make my list of uh, all the things I want to do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we had kids a little earlier, so I'm going to be ahead of Dan. I'll be in the mountains a few years before Dan gets up there.
0: Yep. See <laughs> how time up there. Not many. Tan is only like a year older than their little one. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, cool.
0: Okay, so um, what's your weakness, Dan?
1: Oh, uh, so
3: many. Uh, but – Obviously, if I'm thinking about where she kicks in, it's my communication. Not, I'm not inherently excited to come home and tell Alicia about how I feel about anything because I don't. I just dang,
1: dude. Are we not the same?
0: You guys. i thought are married to nothing. each other.
3: It's just don't good. talk about stuff that I Supposed, I guess I'm supposed to. I do. I do try though. Like with her, she is very encouraging and. Uh, but there are times when she's got to like corner me and say, you need to talk to me. You haven't told me anything. And a lot of times she'll find out things by surprise. And I could have told her way in advance what I was thinking. So, uh, it just doesn't come easy to me, but, uh, that's what marriage is. You know, we believe marriage is not to make you happier, but to make you holier. And so there's a lot of things that are sharpening each other. Iron sharpens iron. And for me, it's communication. I don't talk enough. I don't tell her what's going on in my head. So,
2: right. Yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> hit that one
1: very well said all right so um one more one more question for you um what are you guys grateful for you now you guys are how old are you guys? how old are you dan are you i'm 35 alicia's 30, 31 wonderful yep so what are you what are you most grateful for where you guys are at in your life
2: so much um I think uh, I think I'm most grateful for our family, like and when I say our family I mean not just our immediate family but for um all of our family that lives so close to us. Um we've got his parents who live in Spokane and and uh are are we okay on audio? Yeah No, you're good. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um his family lives in Spokane, my family lives in Spokane and so it's just awesome to be able to get together with them and they're like our best friends. We're kind of, we hang out with them more than, than like anybody really. Um, since we own the cabin, uh, up in North Idaho with his dad and, uh, stepmom, um, we spend a lot of time with them and like, I'm just so thankful to, to be in close proximity to, to those guys for sure. And then my mom lives close, like up the street. And so just having our kids and being able to, um, you know,
3: have their grandparents involved in their lives is awesome. Yeah. I try to explain to Alicia that when like, uh, like, so I was in Arizona for eight days by myself and it was a solo hunt. And I know Ryan hunts solo more than I do. Um, but I hunt solo quite a bit and there's not a day that goes by that I don't flex gratitude muscles and just thank God for my, my immediate family. Like I cannot tell you how much you think about your family while you're hunting and when you're with your family, how much you think about hunting, but it's true. And I come home so excited to see them. And for me, I need that. Like it really paints a huge picture as to my why. And it's these guys right here. That's my why. And, um, and so hunting has its negatives, but one of its positives, it really brings out my gratitude for what I really have and what matters most. And that's not my mortgage, not my lease on the gym, but it's my family right here that I get to have under one roof. So.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, a lot of people that haven't spent, you know, a lot of time in the mountains hunting solo. Um, and, and something about hunting solo, it's it's different, you know, than even when you're hunting with a buddy, uh, if you got one buddy up there, you're not thinking about the same things, but when you are solo, I know my, you know, that's what I think about as well. Um, you think about those things that are most important and everything just gets really clear, um, when you're up there by yourself and, um, you know, I agree. I think just you think about the things that are that are most important to you. And it just comes really clear to me when I'm up there uh, alone um, and not spending time with somebody else up there. So absolutely.
0: All right. So um, can you tell us how people can find you guys or follow you, Dan, or your, um, tell us maybe a little bit about your CrossFit gym in Spokane if people wanted to get in touch with you?
3: Go ahead. OK, uh, sure. We're uh, we're on the Web. World Wide Web, uh, across from Spokane Valley, uh, and uh, we're, we're more Instagrammers than Facebookers, but uh, Alicia is on Instagram at Coach. Coach Montana. At Coach Montana, and I'm Dan the Fitness Man, and we post pretty regular on there. It's kind of just what's going on in our life, and um, you can go to the website, Shape if you want to follow along what I do for fitness or training or see some old articles or something like that, but yeah, we're out there
2: in
1: the webs <laughs> <laughs> awesome yeah elk everybody knows dan though everybody knows dan the fitness man these days so
0: okay well you guys thanks again for being here and um yeah have a great christmas
2: yeah you too okay. good luck with this guys yeah take Thank care
0: you. Bye.
1: bye hey folks Thanks for listening to the Hunt, Harvest, Health podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Any comments, ideas, suggestions, uh, feel free to shoot us an email at Lampers at StealthyHunter.com. That's S-T-H. Or go to our website at HuntHarvestHealth.com. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at StealthyHunter or at Doc hillary. Feel free to message me as well through Instagram as uh, I do really enjoy answering any questions related to gear, hunting, uh, food, or you name it. Tag your photos as well if you'd like at Hunt Harvest Health or Get Stealthy as we'd love to see what you guys are up to. Thanks. See you next time.